entitled worry. Worry. Have you ever worried? Have you ever worried about anything? In life, there's a lot of things to worry about, right? I mean, we could just start walking down the list. It could be about our health. It could be about our finances. It could be about our grandkids. How are our grandkids going to do? Our, our kids. What is going to happen in life? And that's the question. What do you worry about? Luke chapter 12 was where we're going to be going today. Luke chapter 12. And as you find your way over there, Bible.org had some things that people worry about. And here's what they said. They said, the average person focuses their worry on 8% of real problems that will be faced. 8% of worry is about real problems. They said 10% of worry is about health. Which when you get stressed and you begin to worry, what does that do to your health? It causes bad things to happen. It causes more health problems, doesn't it? It said 12% of things that we worry about is criticism by others. Being criticized and what other people say. Those 12% we worry about what other people say, what other people think. Now here's where it begins to get interesting. You ready? It said 30%. 30% of what we worry about, the average person worries about, is about the past. The past. 30%. Things that we can't change anymore. 30%. We worry about decisions or choices that we made The consequences of things in the past, 30% of what we worry about. Now, here's the next one. The last one is this. The average person worries 40% on things that will never come to pass. 40%. So that's 70%. When you add the 40% things that will never come to pass, 30% from things in our past, that's 70% of all of our worry is about things that we should not be worrying about at all. I read a joke this week about worry, and it, was, it caught me humorous. Maybe it'll catch you humorous as well. It was about four, four guys who um, got into a small plane. There was a pilot. There was a small boy. There was a, a Nobel Peace Prize winning scientist and a pastor. They got onto this plane, and as they're flying, all of a sudden there was problems with the plane about midway through. And the pilot walked out of the cockpit, and he says, I got it on autopilot, guys, but I've got some bad news. Bad news is we're going to crash. Good news, we have parachutes. Bad news, we only have three parachutes and there's four of us. So he grabbed one of the parachutes and he jumped out. So then everybody else starts talking, well, who else is supposed to get the parachute? Well, obviously the little boy needs a parachute. And then the Nobel Peace Prize winning scientist, he said, well, I, I matter to the world. My, my inventions, my scientific research. And he said, so obviously, since I'm one of the smartest people in the world, I need to, I need to be saved. So he grabs a pack and he jumps out. And the, the pastor and the little boy begin to talk, and the pastor says, son, I've lived my life, and I know I'm gonna, if I die, I'm going to meet Jesus. There's no need to worry. Here, you take one of the backpacks, and the little boy's, but, but sir, he goes, no, it's okay. I know where I'm going. I'm going to meet Jesus in just a few minutes, and I'm excited. And, and the little boy, but sir, you don't have to worry. That smart man just took my backpack. There's two parachutes left. <laughs> worry, worry. We worry about things that we don't need to worry about. And maybe there are things that we should worry about. And Luke chapter 12 is one of the most fantastic passages. It's a passage that gives encouragement, has given encouragement to believers for year after year after year. Jesus spoke these words, and he's teaching and he's talking. And Jesus talks to us, and he he gives us insight into worry. Most of our worry is focused on circumstances, 
Most of our worry is focused on what other people are doing to us. And Jesus never allows us to go those directions. In fact, Jesus says, your worry is inside you. There's a problem inside you. It's a little faith. It's a, it's a problem that we need to, to resolve. And today, here's what we would like to talk through and walk through. I hope today, after we walk through this message, that you will see seven reasons why you shouldn't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. I think there was a song, wasn't there, at one time? Don't worry. Be happy. Why you, as a believer, do not have to worry. And Jesus gives us these reasons, and I hope and pray that they're a blessing to you this morning. Would you stand for the reading of God's Word? Luke chapter 12. Go all the way down to verse 22, and here's what the Bible says. It says, and he said, that's Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life? If then you are not able to do this small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for your blessings. God, what an incredible privilege to be able to celebrate and to sing praises to your great name. We say thank you for everyone who's gathered here today, and I pray truly that your Holy Spirit would fill this place. I pray that you would remove distractions from us. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would have freedom in this place. And God, I'm asking that you would help us. Help us to hear from you. I pray that you'd speak deep into our souls the very things that's causing us to be restless, God, I pray that today our souls would find rest in you. In Jesus' precious name I pray, and all God's people said, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right, so in your bulletins, you will find um, there are going to be seven little blanks, or there are going to be seven different points. We're going to walk through those points. You can fill those in as we're walking through. The very first one is this, life is more. The reason you should not worry is life is more than what you have or what you do not have. Look what verse 22 says. And Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Have you ever had a fantastic meal? I'm talking a really big meal. Maybe it was one of the most expensive meals you've ever paid for. And you're really excited. You look forward to it all day long. And, and by the time you actually got to eat the meal, you were really hungry and you were ready to put it down. It's like going maybe to Texas Day Brazil where they just keep bringing all the meat to you and you just keep eating and eating. And you're just excited about it. And by the time you finally finish, your, your belly has swollen, right? It's like you needed to be wearing sweatpants. And so you could, you could just eat and eat. And by the time you finish, you're going, I can't eat anymore. And your thoughts are like this. I will never, ever eat again. 
Have you ever thought, he's just gotten that full, I will never eat again. And then, after just a few hours, after just a few hours, I, you know, I could use a piece of chocolate. I could use some ice cream. Have you ever had that? And before long, you're, you're, why? Because food doesn't satisfy. It's fun for a little while, right? It's fun for a little while. Clothes, same thing. Hey, I need a new, and you just start laying it out. I need this, I need that. And once we get it, if I get that, then that name brand, and you maybe remember your kids growing up, and they wanted those shoes, right? They wanted certain shoes, or maybe they wanted a certain dress, and, and, and they wanted it, and once they got it, what happens? Oh, you get a hole in the knees. You get a tear. And no longer is that piece of clothing as valuable anymore. See, Jesus is saying, what we worry about quite often, what we worry about is what we get, what we have or what we don't have. I don't have this car. I don't have this house. I don't have, and we start laying it out, what we have. That life is more than what we have or what we don't have. Your identity, my identity, is not based on anything else but what Jesus Christ has done for us. And Jesus said we need to reorientate our lives because what we're worrying about, those things, the food, the clothes, it's not about what you have or what you don't have. So stop worrying about what you don't have. Number two, Jesus continues on and he says, okay, that's your first reason. And if that one didn't speak to you, here's number two. You are more valuable than birds. And Jesus says this, now consider verse 24, the ravens. Now, why did he choose ravens? He could have chosen a really pretty bird. He could have chose a peacock. He could have chose a pheasant. He could have, ta- he could have chose quail or dove. He could have chose some, some kind of tasty bird that we would like to eat. He could even chose chicken. But he chose a nasty raven. What are ravens? What do they eat? They're scavengers, aren't they? They eat everything that they can find on the ground. They'll eat rocks. They'll end up eating just dead animals, dead. They'll go through the trash. You throw trash out. The ravens are going to come out. They're scavengers. They're going to eat whatever they can. It was interesting to hear a couple weeks ago when we had that huge storm come through. Remember the huge storm with the wind, the high gust? Um, I was sitting at the, the school to pick up my daughter. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting for her to get out of school and you see all these birds start flying. And they land in the tree right next to me. And so I'm watching these birds. And you see the storm clouds building. And it began to think through, what's going to happen with these birds in just a few moments? And then there was this big gust of wind. And, and it, it, they all flew out of that tree. And they went to the next place. And, and after this huge storm, you look around. And how many birds do you see on the ground? Not very many, do you? You don't see hardly any. And I was reminded of this passage, and I knew this is where we were going, and I was just reminded, man, that is amazing that God, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of an enormous storm, God takes care of the ravens, the little birds that are really insignificant. In the middle of that storm, I have a trampoline in our backyard, and our trampoline flew up over our house across the street, and landed on a house three houses down. And it was amazing. It was amazing to think of how the, it didn't even touch our house, never put a scratch on the house. It went up and over. And here I am thinking about little birds. How does God protect the little birds? How does God give them food in the winter when there's hardly any food? In the major storms, where do they go? 
And God says, I take care of them. And then he brings it right back to us. He says, my, my dear son, my dear child, why are you worried? If I can take care of birds, don't you think I can take care of you? And we forget that God actually cares for us, that God loves us. We forget that God actually is working in our lives. And we become worried and we become stressed out. And God says, that's not the way it needs. You need to be reoriented to your value. God didn't send his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for birds. But yet he takes care of them. He takes care of them in the storms. He takes care of them in feeding. He takes care of them day and night. And not even one single bird ever falls to the ground dead without God knowing about it. And if God knows that about the birds, Jesus asks the question, how much more valuable are you? Isn't that comforting? Why worry? You shouldn't worry. You're more valuable than birds. Number three. Go down to verse 25 and 26. Worry accomplishes nothing. Verse 25. And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do this small thing as that, why are you being anxious about the rest? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to add time to our life? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to add height? Maybe somebody, you ever remember being a kid and wanting to be taller? And just asking to be taller? As kids, you, you keep thinking about being taller and being older. If, especially if you have older siblings, right? My younger kids, they all want to be as old as Abby. They all want to do everything Abby's doing. They're always wanting to be older. But can worry change that? No. I remember being a kid and going outside. I wanted to be as tall as my dad. My dad's 6'4", and so I wanted to be as tall as him. And um, I'm the oldest brother, so I thought, of course, if anybody's going to be as tall as dad, it should be me. I'm the oldest, right? I ended up being the shortest out of all the brothers. But I remember us going outside and hanging upside down. And we would hang upside down and we'd put our, uh, on the monkey bars and we'd put our, our feet upside down and would hang on the monkey bars and spread them out where we could lock in. And then we'd have the other brother pull each other. And we'd pull each other, trying to stretch each other out. I know it doesn't make sense, but as a kid, it made perfect sense. You know, we're just going to keep pulling and stretching. We go through all kinds of trouble just to try to add years to our lives, don't we? Trying to look younger. Trying to, to say, yes, I, I'm going to gain an extra year. I'm going to gain an extra six months. And then Jesus says this. You can't do that simple thing. Do you see that in verse 26? You can't do that simple thing. Of just adding a little bit of time or a little bit of height. You can't do that simple thing. And since you can't even do that simple thing, then why in the world are you worrying? Now, that's impossible to us, and yet Jesus is calling it simple. Simple. It's not even a hard day's work for God. And yet we stress because we can't do even the simplest things. He says, so why are you being anxious? Next. God cares about the details of your life. Verse 27. Consider the lilies, how they grow, that they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? God cares about the details of your lives. Think about the, the flowers. 
These are the, the flowers that grow wild. These lilies, they would grow wild across the land. And as they grow wild across the land, they did not require pruning. Now, if you've ever had a rose bush, you know, in order to keep your roses blooming and blooming it, it, year-round or blooming more frequently to have bigger blossoms, you actually have to do what? Prune. You have to cut. You have to keep them trimmed. And Jesus is setting out. He's teaching everybody. And he says, hey, guys, look across the field. you see all these beautiful valleys? You see all the, the flowers, these wild weeds that God just grows. They don't require any pruning. They don't require any human attention. And, he, and God just decorates the fields as he chooses with beauty. And as God decorates that, he said it's more beautiful than Solomon. Solomon, one of the wisest men who ever lived, right? The wisest man. And on top of that, one of the wealthiest men who ever lived. He had all the clothes, all the fine things. He had gold intertwined into all of his clothes. He had the best of the best. And Jesus says, you don't have to worry. Look what my God does with just the fields. Look what he does. He's gonna, he wants to clothe you more. And how does he, God clothe us? With righteousness. He cares about the details of your life. Look at the end of the Texas panhandle. You would, you would drive, and as you would drive, it's, it's very flat, and many of people go, man, I can't wait to get out of the Texas panhandle. It's so flat. But one of the, the beauties of, of looking across the flat land is when you see the grass that has grown tall, or you see the wheat, and then you watch the wind come rushing. That almost sounds like Oklahoma, right? Wind comes rushing down the plain. Anyway, that's, you, you, see, you see the wind wave going through the wheat or the grass, and it's just an amazing beauty just to watch and behold and just to see. And God, Jesus is saying, hey, we're sitting out here. Look at the beauty. Look what he's, God has done. And that's details of creation that you never even would have thought about. And God clothes the mountaintops, the hillsides, the valleys. He takes care of all of that. Don't you think he can take care of you? Don't you think he can take care of the details of your life? There was a, uh, a man who consistently worried. He would worry all the time. And one day his friend noticed that, hey, hey Bob, you, you haven't really been worrying this week. What's, some, you look calmer. You seem, you're acting, you're not talking stressed out. What's, what's going on with you? He said, oh, I, 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 I hired somebody. I hired somebody. And he goes, what do you mean you hired somebody? He said, I hired somebody to worry for me. He goes, what? He goes, yeah, he does all my worrying. I don't have to worry about anything. I hired him. He does all my worrying. Well, Bob, how much does that cost? It's $1,000 a week. $1,000 a week. Bob, you don't have that kind of money. And Bob replied, that's for him to worry about. <laughs> those details, right? The details of our life, that's where we begin to worry. George Mueller said that he talked about worry and anxiousness. He said when worry and anxiousness are alive in our soul, faith is dying. But when faith is alive and well, worry and anxiousness is dying. Look how Jesus finishes that verse. He says, O oh, you of little faith. The details of your life, the things that are stressing you out, what you're worried about. He says, O oh, you of little faith. Now we remember the, the parable of Jesus talking about little faith, as small as a grain of mustard seed moving mountains, right? And what Jesus is meaning here is not just that small amount of faith. He's talking about, a, a, it's almost like, a, have you ever had a flashlight that the battery was almost dead and you would turn it on? And it was supposed to be really bright, but it's 
just faded and almost dead, but it gives a, a little bit. It's that type of faith. Worry chokes out and drains your life energy from your faith. He says, your faith is being drained and crushed by worry. Why are you worrying? Why are you allowing the details to cause so much stress in your life that, worry is no, uh, that you worry and faith is no longer? He says, oh, you have little faith. Your faith needs to become stronger. And Jesus continues on. He says, remember what I just told you. God will clothe you in righteousness. God will clothe you more beautifully. God will clothe you in his righteousness and it will be better than what Solomon or even the fields will be able to have. Look at the next one. God says, I know you have needs. Jesus teaches and he says, God knows you have needs. Verse 29. And do not seek what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your Father knows that you need them. God knows what you need. God knows exactly what you need. What is causing worry in your life, what's causing you to be anxious, God knows exactly the details. He says, I know you have needs. You have food. You need food. You need water. You need sustenance. Matter of fact, the entire world has those same needs. And God knows not just your needs, but God knows everybody's needs in the entire world. Isn't that an amazing thought? God knows what you need. In the midst of our worry and in the midst of our anxiety, what we feel is this, that God doesn't know us and that God doesn't care about us and that God doesn't know what we have, our problems. You're like, God, if you would have known, if you would know what I'm going through right now, then you would show up. And what Jesus is causing us to remember, the reason you're worrying is you, you, your perception is wrong. God knows what you have needs of right now. He knows every bit of it. He knows all the details. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows your needs. There was a man who had a barber shop. And that barber shop, he had been the barber for 30 plus years. Everybody would come to him to get haircuts in that small town. One day, a big uh, salon franchise came in, and they started advertising $3 haircuts. After a month, this man began to question, should I even close up shop? So he hires a consultant just to help him out for a couple days, give him some ideas. The consultant goes through his business, goes through the books, they go through all things. And he asked the consultant after he finished, he said, so do I just need to close up shop? Do I need to retire and, and, and sell, sell out and sell the building? And the man said, no, not yet. I've got an idea, and he comes back tomorrow, and he simply puts a sign up in the window, and it says, we fix $3 haircuts. God might not answer the way you want him to answer, but God always answers. And God always moves. God knows what you have need of. God cares for what you have and your problems. And God will show up in some way but it might not be the way you expect. Next. Your heavenly Father is generous. Look what he says here in verse 30. Or 31. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your heavenly Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. One of the beautiful things that Jesus does is that Jesus introduces into the Hebrew culture, the idea that God 
is not just some distant God, but He's your heavenly Father. We assume it. We know it. We, we, we've said it for ever since we've maybe been growing up. We may even pray, our Father who art in heaven, our Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father. We, we use those terms a lot. But Jesus is the one who radically shifted the Hebrew mindset. And in shifting the Hebrew mindset, no longer was he saying just pray to God. You need to now pray to your Heavenly Father. Now watch what he does. Jesus has now introduced, he talked about God, God, God. And in the previous verse, he talked about your Father. Your Father knows And now he says, here's what you need to do. Change your priorities. Instead of worrying about what you need, instead of going after what you need, instead of being anxious about what you don't have, go after God and his kingdom first. Rearrange your priorities. Put God first in your your life. And when you do that, it says, fear not, verse 32. Fear not. Stop worrying. Get over it. Why? Because your perception is changing. You're going after God and you're making him a priority. Now watch. He says, little flock. Little flock, this is your father has something he wants to do for you. This is extremely personal. Jesus changes that whole idea and he said, I know we've been talking about the large world. God knows all the needs of everybody in the world. But he says, if you know Jesus, if you if you know God personally, it's as if you're in this small little intimate, maybe 10, 20 sheep flock. God knows you by name. You hear his voice, he speaks to you, and he calls you out, and you're following him. You've been invited in. If you know Jesus, or God is your personal Lord and Savior, Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior, God is your heavenly Father. And now watch what he does. He says this. He knows you. You've been invited into this small little intimate flock, and he is a generous heavenly Father. My kids, they know no boundaries when it comes to asking for things from me. No boundaries. I mean, we drive by Six Flags. Hey, Dad, can we go to Six Flags today? We, we, we go, we're, we're driving uh, somewhere else. Hey, Dad, can I get a new football? Hey, Dad, can, can we stop and get some new socks? Hey, Dad, can, I need some socks for this team. I need, I, they have no, there's no boundaries. No boundaries at all. Why? Because I'm their dad. And they know where to come. They don't go ask, they don't go ask the neighbors for things. They come to who? Their daddy. And I'm so thankful. And here's what Jesus is saying. He said, okay, yes, we've been talking about God, big picture, and you've been talking about the world. But one of the reasons that we fail and we worry so much is because we forget who our Heavenly Father is. And we forget that he's saying, hey, guys, you put me first and you just come after me. You're in, you're in my little home. You're in my little flock. I'll take care of you. And you can ask. And you can ask for big things. You can ask for small things. You can talk to God about everything in your life, all the details. And God is saying, I welcome you in because you are my heavenly father. My kids know no boundaries when it comes to just talking to me about things. Hey, Dad, what about this? What about that? And they'll ask questions. Kids can ask questions, can't they? They can wear you out with why. Why? 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 And then some of the questions are so bizarre and out there, you're going, how did you even get there? What, what doesn't even make sense. But does that bother me when they ask me questions? Does it bother me that they're coming and they're wanting to talk? No. And Jesus is introducing us to the simple fact. You're anxious. You're worried. 
and you forget that your Heavenly Father, He wants you to come, and He's generous, and He's willing to give you whatever He has. And it says this, He says, your Heavenly Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. His good pleasure. God, it makes God happy to be able to take care of the very thing that you're worried about. Isn't that amazing? The very things that's causing you anxiety in your life. It says that God takes great pleasure. You seek Him, and that God takes pleasure in providing and taking care of you. And the very things that you're worried about, He will take care of. Keep going. Jesus finishes off and He says this. Generosity is really the last step. Your personal generosity is the last step to breaking the cycle of worry in your life. Your heavenly Father is generous. Now he says, verse 32, or verse uh, 33, sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that do not fail, where no, neither thief approaches nor moth can destroy. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. He brings us all back around and he says, okay, here's your last part on worry. The last way to break worry in your life is once you begin to rest in the fact that your Heavenly Father is generous, once you begin to realize that your Heavenly Father knows about what's going on in your life, He cares about what's going on in your life, stop worrying, get rid of it, give it back to Him. Now you get to this last part. Instead of trying to get and gain things for your identity, and being worried about, oh no, my car's breaking down, oh no, instead of worrying about everything that we have falling apart, somebody going to break it. He says, if you get to this place where you really are resting, then what happens is you become generous. Go sell it all. Be willing to release whatever you have. And in releasing, what happens is this. You begin to find freedom. That no longer is your life really tied to things down here. And what begins to happen is this. When you give for the purpose of, of God's glory, when you're generous to your neighbor, when you're generous to your friends, when you're generous to the church, when you're generous and you say, God, here it is, and you leave it open-handed, God does something amazing. God says, I begin to actually take what you gave here on earth and I begin to give an account for it in heaven. And you are rewarded for your generosity. And you're laying treasures up. Souls are saved. God's kingdom is expanded. And in heaven, your treasure can never be stolen. It never is destroyed. And it lasts forever. So it causes us to stop worrying about things down here. And it changes our focus to things above. Worry. Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. My dear friends, we are not designed to carry the load that we're carrying, to worry about the things that we're worried about. We have a Heavenly Father who is welcoming us, and he says, stop worrying. Don't be anxious about anything. He loves you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your goodness, your grace, your mercy. God, I am amazed by how the, you simply wanted to tell us that you love us and that we should no longer carry the worry. I pray for inner peace in our lives. I pray that we would not be caught up with anxiety. And dear Lord, I pray today that we would be able to walk through these reasons, 
God, I pray that Jesus' words would speak deeply into us so that, Father, we would be free of worry. In Jesus' name.